This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. They were teasing this movie in a way that made it seem like a heist. Providing insight. His dance is just excellent. So graceful. Commentary. He shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. Now, Gutterball. Nice. That was nice. Date, 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 That was locked in, man. It was good. Yeah. Well, we know we have all reason to be excited, to be all in sync this episode. <laughs> oh, man, you just fast forwarded, didn't you? I might have. You can't get right into it like that. I don't know. I think this is a really special episode. I don't think you should just go right off the bat, can you? All right, all right. I'll save that. I'll just talk about my trip to Kansas City first. All right, do that. Would that be better? (laughs) (laughs) It actually would be, because I want to know if you actually ate some barbecue. Um, Did I actually eat some barbecue? No. Oh, my God. Apparently... It was, it just did not, it didn't come together. I did have some, uh... You know, that Chris Long has really got to get his act together. Yeah, well, <laughs> so it's it's complicated, right? I only we know that up, from the picture that was on the Twitter. Picture, yeah. We ended up, I guess, again, so I was there, it was Friday night, things were very crowded. The only place we could get a reservation, we had a rather large party. We kind of like glommed on to a crew from another university and then um, they were making reservations and we ended up going to a place called Drunken Fish. I feel like this is a scene out of Ron Burgundy where the, all the cable station employees are coming together for an epic melee. It's kind of, well, not an epic melee. Did but you kill is... a man with a trident, Brad? <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> you better lay land. low. You better lay low for a little while. <laughs> I don't know why you're here doing that this. That really escalated quickly. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's a cat. Don't they have, there. like, a four-hour version of Anchorman 2 on Netflix? Oh, don't tease me like that. I feel like they do. Oh, that would be well, beautiful. Well, they did the same thing with the first Anchorman. I haven't seen Anchorman 2. I haven't seen Anchorman 2 either, but the first Anchorman was there was so much unused footage, they made a second movie. Oh my goodness. So you could get, like, when you got the the DVD, came with a second DVD, which was just like, you know, Ron Burgundy... Talking to his dog. More. And it was just like, <laughs> there were entire, like, subplots and other things and alternate takes of seeing, like... They made an entirely second movie. It was kind of rough because they kind of had to like do weird narrations and contrivances to make some of the scenes like make it into a narrative. But yeah, they had like another hour and a half of footage. There's nothing wrong with that. That was, I was actually awesome. Yeah. Now, did you see that on Netflix? Is that what you said? I did not see that on Netflix. This was like pre Netflix when I, cause I saw this when it first came out on DVD. A friend of mine had it on DVD, and we watched it, and then it was like, oh, look, there's this whole other DVD, and we put that in, and there was like a whole second movie. Did you just say pre-Netflix? Didn't Ron Burgundy, the first one, come out like five years ago? No. I know that I'm completely wrong, but that's what it seems like. Yeah, I'm not sure. This was like early, 
I feel like this was maybe like, it was not pre-Netflix. It was definitely not because Netflix existed like a long freaking time. It was before I ever got Netflix, though. Or maybe around the same time as I got Netflix. I don't know. It was around. Oh, my God. 2004, Brad. 2004 is when it came out. Wow. 11 years ago. That's really painful. It's it gets you. They look like right different here. people, probably in the second one. I know. I, oh, <laughs> oh boy. Mm. Yeah, it's rough. It really brought it down there. Everything was going but, swimmingly till suddenly and simultaneously, everyone became dog yes. tired. But I did make it to Kansas City, and no barbecue, which is a no shame. No barbecue. I made it there a day late. I did have some good Japanese food. And some good shrimp. That's where I go for my Japanese food. <laughs> I, you gotta the, go to Kansas City. The Midwest. <laughs> Fucking A. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, you li- so Kansas City, I will say, is a pretty nice city. And I did not necessarily appreciate until I got there how, how large it was. Pretty big city. I've driven it's, through it. Yeah, it's pretty big. It has 400. I had to look this up because I was... Curious, once I was there, a population 460,000, I believe. Half the size of Miami. Yeah, whereas, but yeah, still, and it was, you um, know, yeah, I compared it to local here, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh doesn't have that much. Pittsburgh has 300-some thousand. I thought Pittsburgh, so broke Pittsburgh. The, I thought Pittsburgh broke the half a mil mark. Not I according guess downtown. to the Google search that I did. You know, but it's it the downtown area. Yeah, well, it gets tricky because like Pittsburgh, there's Pittsburgh, there's the surrounding areas. Like, how do you really you're becoming do it, like you know, compare it? You're becoming robot voice breaking up, man. Right well, now, it just ha- it just happens sometimes. Is this when it happens this far into the into the show? This is when this happens, and you're even on the good internet right off the bat. So that's unfortunate. I mean, I thought we were having some good uh, city talk. We could talk about cities within cities, if you wanted to, for a little bit. I'm well, just trying I can to talk po- about Kansas City and the fact that I got there a day late. And isn't some of Kansas City in Missouri? <laughs> Kansas City is entirely in Missouri. But isn't a part of it in Kansas? Doesn't it kind of overlap right the river the a little border. bit? But doesn't some of it it's spill right on over? The border. I mean, I'd have to imagine that the that it like the the surrounding area does somewhat, but that's not a part of like city proper. You're saying it must not be. It must not be. I think just for nothing else than just for like the simple, you know, let's just keep it clean. Just keep it clean. Yeah, you can't have like a city. Then like, okay. You know, I'm within city limits, but I'm moving from one state to another and the jurisdictions and taxes. It would probably just be too complicated. Keep it clean. Right. Clean and neat. I want to ask Kansas. Clean room, reasonably priced. Exactly. It's all I need. Mm. Yeah, Kansas City existed before there was the Kansas Territory. I see. You was know, Kansas, and as the city was just called Kansas, and then they had Kansas Territory, and then to, so to, to to keep the confusion, they said, "Well, this will be Kansas City," and then eventually, with states and everything else, it just ended up Kansas City wasn't actually in Kansas. All right, right, right. It's like New York, the state, New York City. There's going to be two New Yorks. Mm-hmm. Got to differentiate them somehow. 
Right. But then somehow it ended up that when they drew the state lines, New York City ended up in New Jersey. (laughs) Right. Like, that's like what happened here. The New Jersey Giants. Great football team. I see. I'm looking at the map here and uh, it's hard to tell where the state line is, but it does look like maybe all of Kansas City is, in fact, in Missouri. Even though it's right there, it's te- like it's tickling, it's tickling Kansas. And really, if you were going to look at it as an alien civilization that would come and try to overtake things, they wouldn't recognize these arbitrary boundaries. They would say, this city is on both sides of this river. Look, there's built up, there's dwellings, there's things going on. It's one contiguous metropolitan area. They would say it's in both states. And I see that Leavenworth is right there. Is that the Leavenworth with the prison? Is that something uh, else? I can't. I can't answer that one. You've heard of Leavenworth, the prison? I've heard. Of, I've heard that phrase. I, I always thought that was in. I didn't think that was in the Midwest. Where did you think it was? I don't know. But we are somewhere around. We're about nine minutes in, and we're. We're looking stuff up on Wikipedia. Well, it's not Wikipedia. No, that's that's the it's not uh, quite a new record. That's the federal prison camp. It's right there. You were within miles. All right, within probably f- f- five to seven miles of it. Didn't know. Wish yeah. I knew. That would have been cool to just take stock of that fact. Just soak it in. Soak it in a little bit. Yeah. Lots of freezing rain in Kansas City. <sighs> Tornado Alley. I've- too. I fell. You fell again? Messed up my whole everything. <sighs> I thought that you were over but that. But I'm better now. Well, this was ice. This was... Oh, this was we're like... trying to walk up You slipped. Hills. You didn't just fall. You slipped. Yeah, I slipped on the ice, okay. which then resulted in a fall mm. onto my back on the sidewalk. Did your... The contents of my pockets shot out oh, no. of me. And slid down the ice, down the hill. Oh, no. Did your associates help you retrieve your items? Yes, they did. That's nice of them. It was very nice of them. Yeah, they definitely, I needed some help. Because I couldn't quite, like, get up. Partly because maybe the shock of the falling, but then also the fact that, like, it was as slippery as could be. Like, I could not, like, I had to, like, hang on to the bricked facade of the, the building next to the sidewalk here to try to, like steady myself to get back up. I'm imagining this and it's horrible. Did you yeah, land on your good. ass? It wasn't one of my best moments. I landed on my back. Okay. okay. Ugh. I think it happened so quickly. All of a sudden you're just down. You're like, why this am I looking at these This wasn't one of these things? like, oh, I'm losing my balance. Hold on. Ugh. This was just like, I'm walking. And then within a split second, I'm on my back. Ugh. It's almost like, how did that even happen? Right. What am I looking at? I'm looking up at things I should be looking down at. Right. It just yeah. was like, bam, instant mm. on the ground. That blows, man. That's happened to me a handful of times, maybe. It's always very disconcerting. But you have a lot farther to go to rewrite yourself. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But this was also tied up with my bum knee, because that's the kind of the knee that kind of... I thought your bum knee was not bum anymore. Well, it was fixed to the point that I don't fall down randomly. 
but it does and it and it was pretty good except for in the last several i don't know maybe the last year it has done a weird little like oh i kind of like twisted it kind of like lost my footing a couple times so it's i guess it's starting to come back into the the old ways can't trust it can't fully trust it well i think part of it is i've been using it more and while you think that might strengthen it while maybe like the muscles are being strengthened all the other like tendons and everything else are like they just are not appreciating being used more i don't think well, maybe the, the stress is being put on them maybe the bones you know what was it a bone thing a tendon thing because the well, bones can wear right against now, each other when when the little lining between them or whatever it is starts to wear out then it's just bone yeah on bone. i don't have i don't have that issue there's no bone on bone action yeah. but there but it, it is like the the whole um, everything else that kind of keeps the knee together hmm. is the problem is the problems I have. I have some weak weakness in some of those pieces of my anatomy. Did you have microfracture surgery? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I'm not sure what that is. I mean, I had arthroscopic surgery where they just cut the little holes and go in with the little tools and pull stuff out and sew things up. So they take little pieces out. They had to take some pieces out. That was ultimately the problem. Yeah. I had some giant pieces floating around in there, uh, just, you know, gumming up the works. Well, the only reason I act like I know anything is because I follow football, American football, so closely. And it's a big problem, running backs, linebackers, especially knees, you know. And, you know, they have ACLs, which is a ligament damage microfracture which is sort of like what you're talking about there's little pieces in there and they have to go in and intentionally like sort of drill holes and break shit (laughs) with the idea that it'll repair itself even better if you fuck it up a little bit more right but then but then coming back and trying to play football after your knee has been so fucked up for so long and you can't walk on it for like three months and then you do physical therapy and it's like regaining trust in that knee to the degree where you have to cut aggressively your 260 pound freakishly athletic frame and go slam into somebody and drive them into the ground and you have to trust your knee not to just explode takes a long time and for a lot of people it never happens again so Right. No, that's what I would imagine. I mean, because, you know, to be an athlete on that level and then to have to, yeah, go through that and then go back to where you were. It's insane. It's almost, it's almost like starting over in some ways. It is. Or which is maybe completely is starting over. It's completely starting over, which is why I'm impressed with you, because you had this random falling situation. You got it taken care of. And then you got back to the point where you could walk freely. And not worry about yeah. it. So it's distressing. I, mean, I, I got back to the point where I could walk freely. Walk freely. But I couldn't necessarily do everything freely. Well, it seems like you're doing more than you ever did. No, it's true. You're biking and you're taking karate lessons. You know, you know fucking judo now. So. Yeah, it's pretty good. Although, yeah, this fall kind of set me back a bit, but. I'm I'm still powering through it. A lot of that's psychological, though. You need to trust that thing. 
That was ice. Yeah. Blame the ice. You know, it's not your knee. You well, gotta- it was the ice problem, but the knee did like twist as I went down. So the knee is in pain. It's finally kind of better. It was definitely weak and kind of in pain for a while. Well, actually, so I fell. I got up. I felt fine. The next day I woke up, I felt fine. But then the third day I woke up, or I guess it was the second day. I don't know. But the, the next time I woke up, I was then in serious pain. Like, I almost couldn't get out of bed. Just in the knee. Like, my neck was so stiff. Oh, your, it went all the way up to your neck? Well, because I fell, right? So this was, like, in my back and my neck and my side and even, like, my, like, chest muscles. Not my pecs, but, like, kind of, like... Kind of like imagine the muscles you might use if you did a uh, like a sit up, a full rib workout. <laughs> Are you talking about your yeah, abs? Exactly. Like they were. It was not my abs. It's like above my like. It was just weird. And again, it's probably these weird like weird interstitial muscles that you never think about. But they were like what was hurting, and like they just pretty much couldn't work anymore. Like getting out of bed. It's the shit between I had to your hold my neck fucking ribs. with my hands Aww. and kind of lift it up. Oh, come on. I could not like lift that part up as no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't do it. Mm. So I was in a bad shape that day, that whole day. And then the next day I woke up and I felt pretty good. I had one day, one day of like just pretty, I was in pretty bad shape. That was Sunday. But you were back home by then. Yeah, I was back home. Yeah. Saturday I was flying back. And again, I, w- I felt more or less fine. At My least- back kind of was sore, but I was kind of chalking that up more, more to like the fact that I'm just like stuck on this plane in these airports all day. At least your traitorous body had the good sense to wait until you were back home to really mm-hmm. put the screws to you. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. So I, th- I thank you, body. <laughs> that was really just all of that. Was just to, I wanted to push off the actual, I was trying to bury the lead. I was trying to bury the lead. You you wanted to get right into it. I just wanted to push it off. But I did want to hear about your Kansas City trip. Yeah. That's a thing that happened to you. I'm interested in it. The falling was the big deal. And the fact that I got there a day late was the other big deal. And why were you there a day late? So... I was supposed to fly out on Thursday. Thursday at six twenty a.m. Wednesday evening. Thursday at six twenty a.m. Yes. Who flies out at six twenty a.m.? Apparently, I do. Dude. Well, except that I didn't actually, because the night before we were having, um, we had some snow squalls. And whatnot, and I, um, but I never really thought it would affect the flight. But before I was going to bed. I like punched up the flight on my phone. I'm not even sure why I did it. And it was like delayed uh, four and a half hours. <laughs> they already knew at like, a, like at 10 PM that the flight the next morning was late four and a half hours. Cause the plane, I guess was never coming in. You had a rare moment of preparedness. I did. So I called the airline. I was like, look, this isn't going to work. Because obviously I'm not going to make my... It's not a direct flight. So, you know, there's no point flying four and a half hours late when I don't have a connecting flight. So 
um, I called up the airline and they put me on another flight that was later in the day. It was like 2.30. Okay. We'll leave at 2.30. I'd get there a little late. Later, I'd miss like, because there was some stuff happening Thursday night. But, you know, I was the big thing was Friday afternoon I was presenting. So as long as I didn't miss that, it wasn't too big of a deal. So I was like, all right, I'll do that. Get to the airport. At some kind of conference you were presenting. Yes, yes. So I get to Alone the airport. or with a co-presenter? With the co-presenters. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so. Right. There, were, there were three people in that photo. Right. I didn't know if they were all in the same presentation. Yeah, no, they were. They okay. Were. All right. All right. Well, so you're not so totally got, screwed. Right. Like, worst case scenario, they can just do it without me. Right. But, you know, I wanted to, to make every effort to get there. And part of the problem was, of course, Thursday, we were going to, like, polish up our presentation there in Kansas City mm-hmm. the day before. But but we ended up doing it. So anyway, 2.30, get there, um, check in. Things are good. Um, I go through security. And the security guy, the TSA agent, is like, when I show him my ID and boarding pass, he's like, you know this plane is delayed five hours and i was like no i did not know that (laughs) all right thank you and i take my stuff and leave so then i go and the only thing they can do for me is well you can take the 6 20 a.m flight the next day Uh, you know what you're in a unique and somewhat fortunate position to be able to leave the airport and not be like totally screwed by having to drive for an hour and a half to three hours back to your home or wait there. Like you have an option there to do something else, not have to sit at the airport. Right. Exactly. So they get, they get me the, you know, they rebooked me and then I just drove back home. I live like 20 minutes, not bad. 10 minutes really from the airport. So yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the next morning get there and luckily the flights work, make my connection, I get out there. Things work out well. I thought you didn't was, make it till Saturday, but you did make no, it on no, Friday. No, I made it there Friday, okay. and I flew back on Saturday. So I ended up spending about like 24 hours in Kansas City. Did you make the presentation? Yes, I did. You just didn't have the a chance for, in the afternoon. for polish. Well, we did the prep. We did the polish um, the night before I got, we got on Google Hangout and did it while I was well, still here in not, PA. Not ideal, but, you know, we live in a magical it time worked. where. That, yeah, we had to work. do it that way. Right. So we polished it up. I think we, I think the presentation went really well. How many, I was really happy with How many how were in went, so. attendance there, Brad? Um, so. I will so I will um start by saying that our presentation was from f- on a Friday from 4 to 5 p.m. <laughs> okay. And it was the last slot of the day. You've got a couple so, qualifiers. So we so you know it wasn't maybe as attended as I think it could have been, but it was pretty decent um how many people were at this event? It's hard to say. Well, here's what I'll say. The room was about half filled. Hey, that's pretty good. Which wasn't bad. Which was about, I'm going to say, 30 people were there. That's not bad. Friday at happy hour? Come on. And let's face it. You go to a conference or some sort of seminar or whatever the fuck. You're trying to get out of town, do a little bit, and then like go hang out with people you don't get to see too often. 
you know, not in your hometown. You're going to go out and, like, live it up a little bit. You're there yeah, to see the town and, like, drink, especially Friday at 5 p.m. That's pretty good yep. to have 30 people there. Not bad. Yeah, so it wasn't wasn't too bad. All right. Good deal. It wasn't too bad. Did did anybody drop a Lebowski reference at any point? Oh, shit. Damn it. You know, no, I think there was. I think there definitely was. There had to be. So do you mean during the presentation or just at any point during the trip? Well, I mean during the presentation. I don't, I want to say that there was. How could you not Uh, at this point? Like, it's not even that. Yeah, you're trying to, but it just it, it'll come out. Uh, no, it. Pro- I, I want to say. Well, the thing is, it comes out so naturally. I'm yeah. gonna say I probably did because I do vaguely remember being like, okay, there. I just made a Lebowski reference of this presentation. That's I, pretty great. I think you had. But to I don't have. remember what it was. I probably just threw in a like, you know, it's just like your opinion, man, or right. something like something. Somebody got like, that though. Say what you will. At least it's an ethos. I might have said right. that. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will about Linux. At least it's an ethos. I don't know what you're fucking talking about. It's the best I could do. You're probably talking about like object based Ruby on Rails systems. No, none of that. None of that. This none of was that. Yeah, this was not a technology not conference technology. in the slightest bit. Nope. It's higher ed. This was this was, yeah, this was the American Association of Colleges and Universities uh, Conference on General Education. AACU. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But a good time. So why is this? A, it was a good time. Right. Good time. I made it back, so that was good. I was afraid that after all this, oh, I missed the day, and I'm going to get there, because the weather was not looking good on Saturday. No, it was not. So I was like, crap, I'm going to get there, and then I'm not even going to be able to get back. I'm going to go through this all again. Ugh. But I managed to make it back, no problem. Well, we were having the similar travel trepidations coming back from Florida, so feel your pain. Yeah. Pretty dicey. We but, missed two but we're, days. we're home. It's good to be home, Brad, sometimes. It's nice to be away, but it's good to be home. Even if you Without do have to go back to work, like, you're just back into the comfort zone. It feels yes. good. You, you like a nice comfort zone. The, you know, a zone of comfort is not too bad from time to time. Mojo's a part of your comfort zone. He is. He is. He can definitely provide some comfort, I will say. He is so how comfort. big do you think that dog is? You really think he's like 200 pounds? He's got to be 200 pounds. 180 if he's over, if he's 50 pounds, he's 180. Because seriously, I came back here to my home with what I think is a large dog who is like 120, 126. And there's no way that Mojo has only got 25 pounds on that fucker. <laughs> There's just no way, because I could just toss him around like a little rag doll. Right. Mojo. Mojo is more or less, he's a a medium-sized bear. Mojo goes where Mojo wants to go. Mojo does not go when Mojo does not want to go. You cannot move Mojo if Mojo does not want to be moved. You have to motivate him. Yes. You need need to have his his buy-in. He needs to buy into any 
relocation <laughs> right. that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, try as you might, you're not, yeah, 150. I mean, it's adorable that you think that. I Everybody wants to, you know, have a little nice idea of, nobody wants to have a 200-pound dog. They're nice little... <laughs> Cute dog, <laughs> only 150 pounds. Right. No, he's a tourist. He's just 150 pounds. Yeah, and I, I, I get that. I get that. But nah, fucker's 200 pounds. Like his fur alone is probably if you just like shaved that all off and weighed it, it was it's 25 like, pounds at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here, just say it. What you were gonna say until. We went on a 25-minute detour. This is so special. Right. This is our namesake minute. It's our namesake the, minute. You could call it the titular minute, perhaps. Mm. This is the titular minute of our podcast. I like it, the titular minute. And why is that? Because this is the episode in which the title card... Of the dude's rancid dream rancid? sequence. Yeah, I don't know where that came it from. It has soured. Like it. It's like clumpy milk. It's a bit it is a bit soured. It comes up and what is it? Well it is gutter balls. Gutter balls. And you are listening to gutter balls. Right the now. The Big Lebowski Deepcast. Right now. On the off chance that anyone is listening. Well that's what you're listening to. You may not have known. You can find us at gutterballs.tv. Is that it? That's the only presence we have? Well, this you can go there. You can look us up from there. You can find links. Look us up on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter. You can find us on iTunes. Or it could be, you could leave us a review. I feel pretty good that, and I think we have to admit that we have more than one listener. It's been a nice joke for a while, but I think we have yeah. like five to ten listeners now. And... We might, yeah, yeah, 10. We might even have over 10. Maybe. But a lot of them leave a nice review on iTunes. And I hear people say that that means something. I'm not sure if it does or not. But I like it. It makes me feel good when people leave a review. Yeah. I love to know. It's just nice to know people are listening. Yeah. Feels good. Makes me feel good. But I think you, you said this the way that we get uh the i guess at least the uh the medium we get the most interaction and engagement with is tumblr of all things yeah tumblr we weird. get we do get a lot of action on there that is so weird lots of reblogs lots of likes hmm. i did make a tumblr once dedicated to joss whedon but I only posted once and gave up on that because I realized, like, yeah, fuck that guy anyway. Nah, I like him, but it wasn't worth a Tumblr. No big deal. But anyway... Every once in a while, we do get a tweet thrown our way, which is always nice. That is nice. Thank you. Thank you, tweet tweeters. And we got one new follower out of that tweet. Oh, yeah, we did? Nice. Yeah. It's nice. Well, I could read it to you. You felt like it. No, Go for it. Wow. You sure? Is this what we're... So we've graduated from just randomly Wikipedia-ing things, and now we're reading tweets, like self-aggrandizing tweets? 
Okay, fine. We don't want to self look But I think it's good to give a shout-out to the people that, that contact us, though. Okay, we so... We may not need to read the tweet. Well, what should I do say then? thank you. Well, thank you, Jason Infantes. I think Ooh. I am. I, I'm just going to read it. I don't care. That a Big Lebowski podcast called At Guttercast is a thing is nothing special. That it is on its 80th episode is magical. And I couldn't agree with him more. Because even our staunchest supporters, wives, mothers, friends, lovers, in their their wildest dreams, they thought maybe 20 episodes. And here we are, Brad. Here we fucking are. 81. This is episode 81, motherfucker. I know. We're in it. We are in... Oh, we're th- almost we are through in it. This. We, are, we are committed. We're almost through it. We only have 35 more episodes. We're, we're basically two-thirds no, of the way through. 37 more episodes. We're basically two-thirds of the way through. Yeah. Insanity. It's crazy. More than two-thirds. We're 70%. Never thought this day would come 18 years ago when we started this. <laughs> right. We've been slowly... We're just in com- high school. <laughs> We've been It compiling. was before the Big Lebowski even came out. We knew we it. We had was- the idea for this podcast. Well, it was originally based on the Big Sleep, but we strategically, like, insert and cut and paste little different words. We knew it would come around, I guess. Anyway, the titular the titular minute. Gutter balls. Yes. The dream sequence gutter balls. Here it is. There was a Should we pull should we play the minute? We should, but just I feel like we forget to do that more often than not. We didn't I just threw it in there randomly last time. This is probably pretty jarring. Uh alright, let's play the minute. Fuck it. Here we go. over the dude washed 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 he's putting a random r a a non-silent r in there yeah some i guess that's is that like a midwest type of thing a western thing far from it now it is they they do that they're they wash they put the wash in the washer so uh, I feel like here on the East Coast, that's kind of associated with like New Jersey or Philadelphia. Put the wash in. Uh, hmm. Well, that's interesting, man. Right. In Philadelphia, they go wooder. Yeah, wooder, wooder, but that's not a wooder. non-silent R. 
No, it's not. I got a glass another, of water. The word that water. has a W that they say differently. Yeah. Something hmm. about W's that inspires you to go off the rails. Yet, you know, there's a lot of a lot of going off the rails when W's around. Non-silent R's, though. I think non-silent R's are more of a cowboy western thing. Warsh. The Dershes. Are you going to do the Dershes? You know. You get it. The Dershes. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to you're going to wash the Dershes or dry the Dershes? Oh, you're yawning and we're only 37 minutes in. Sorry, man. Sorry. I thought that would go unnoticed. <laughs> no, I oh, hear well. that shit. You're doing the different mic than the mic. Yeah, okay. So it could have gone. Know, maybe it's noticed on both mics. I unnoticed until I brought it up. Anyway, I do have some things to talk about. So, yes. Is that okay Does that have if to I do with the glorious uh phallic symbol of gutter balls? No, I'm not and there yet. Totally bitchin' heavy metal font. No, I do want to get to that, but I have a couple of revisits first. Oh, revisits. All yeah. right. All right. So, lay them on me. Well, some of my in-law family members Families, families in law are in the carpet business. So in this minute, um, I guess right at the beginning of this minute at 801, actually, mm-hmm. it's when the dude is starting to collapse and he spills his drink. We get a nice close up of this. Um, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but like high pile carpet, maybe. Anyway, it's the individual fronds, carpet fronds, and they're very tall, which makes it a thick, nice, thick carpet. High fronded carpet. I won't call it shag, because what's a shag? But I'll call it high fronded, high pile, thick pile, I don't know. But if you look at, this is where the revisit comes in, at 7609... When Jackie is fixing the dude's drink, and we see him over there at the bar, and he's walking around on it, that is not a high-pile carpet. That is either A, and I have this on good authority, a very industrial-grade, like, indoor-outdoor carpet, or it's just concrete, which is confirmed by the fact that this door is open to the outside. And this is right at 7609. So this is an indoor-outdoor flooring, whether it's carpet or not. So, suffice to say, they're different floorings. But if you go to, um, we'll call it right when they, the wide shot where we can see the pool water moving a lot, and the dude mm-hmm. and Jackie are walking into the home, you can see there's an area rug around the couch where the dude sits. And it's very hot. It's almost like, it's pretty thick. Like, you can see the line all the way around. So there was a different rug there. Now, my question is, did they, the movie makers, the Coen brothers, did they install this area rug so that it would be there for the whole scene, knowing that they were going to spill a drink on it? Or was the drink spilling scene an insert that they did just somewhere totally... Just 
total different place, just somewhere else. Got a little piece of carpet, spilled the drink. Because they're not going to, like, say, hey, can we film in your, you know, $5 million mansion or whatever, this iconic place. We're not going to spill right. a drink on your carpet. So I, Well, I mean, it definitely was like a pickup shot done at some other point. Definitely. So I don't think they did and it here. No matter what, no matter where they did it. And you're right. they Because all you see in this shot are some sneakers and, and, and a rug. Right. Right. So, so it could, could be anywhere. Anywhere. Right. So I guess this mansion has um this area rug around it. Now someone who follows us on Facebook, we I think we mentioned this picture. They sat in this couch. I would like to go back to that. Maybe there's some evidence there that mm. we could look at and see if there is an area rug yeah. or if that person listens to this, maybe they could hit us up and tell us. I don't know. Yeah, that would be good. Let us know. Because I would love Granted, to know. they filmed this in like 97. Who knows what could have changed, right? It's currently 2015. But yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, the other thing is because there is this kind of like concrete, you know, this concrete uh, seating that they have. Right. So it's kind of like permanently fixed there. So is this rug kind of like cut out? Right. Around to, the to fit or you know to to installed right around that or is somehow this concrete bench is it just like placed down on top of this rug I don't know I mean if it is concrete it would settle in pretty easily but you're right it does kind of right. no. seem like it's attached like this isn't going anywhere you're not going to move this but at the same time you could just place it there and it's not going to move yeah I don't know. Need to get in touch with the architect of this place. We should have him on the show. You immediately assume the architect it's, of the bent Kurtweiler mansion. You immediately assume it's a man. So sexist, Brad. Gotta work on that. True. That was that was that was that was a uh, that was bad of me. Let's have him on the show. Women can't be architects, Brad. <laughs> That's your uh, you know your bias. Your, uh, what's it called? Your internal bias? Not internal. I'm listening to This American Life, finally. I had a whole episode, a couple episodes about that. Mm. Don't mind me. I know I'm 20 years behind the times. But, you know, when you run out of um, song exploders and radio labs, what's a guy to do? <laughs> you wanted a cough button so bad right then. I know it's this setup. I used to have one with the old setup, but you gotta, you know, you gotta be gotta, on your I game. Gotta, I do. This is live the radio. Game. The throat game. <laughs> the throat game. I'm losing the throat game. I'm winning the hearts and minds, but I'm losing the throat game. I want to talk about because I'm kind of parked on this wide shot where the dude and Jackie enter. This lair here, this bachelor pad, and we can see this quasi throw rug. And this is also where we see the rippling pool water, which we covered in a previous episode, calms down and becomes perfectly still. Mm hmm. In this minute, it becomes ripply again. Very disturbed oh, it water. It does. And it's after the dude has been drugged and. I'm going to say this is at, I wrote it down here, 
This is at... Well, I don't. Do you just mean because you can see the reflection, the the light bouncing back up onto the ceiling? Yes. Or can we actually see the water? Can't see the water. Right, but yeah, the 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 whole and it adds to the dude's like disoriented drug state. It's like drug induced, yeah, psychosis. Exactly. Like the, the ceiling behind these people, because he's looking up at Shehorn and his two thugs, right. And behind him and on the ceiling. And beyond that, you see the ceiling, and you just see, like, crazy, like, light just every, uh, uh, moving all over the place. Right. Which is, like, the effect of the water, like, the light bouncing off the water, I guess. Right. You but, know, and same thing when the dude does his kathunk down onto the glass, and you can see behind him, like, again, and it's a very high contrast, like, it's just alternating between... Parts of the ceiling are illuminated and the rest are just pitch black. And it's just swirling and swirling swirls of light onto the ceiling. I think it adds to the madness that the dude yeah, is experiencing. Definitely. You know, he's he's hurtling towards the abyss. Yeah. And it's nice because it adds to it without being like over the top, right? Because you could do something like, oh, let's solarize everything or turn everything orange and green inverted, right? Like, I wish I've seen certain movies do that. And it's sure. just like, really? You're doing that right now? But instead, they're bringing back an element that has already been established earlier in the scene, and they're just intensifying that one element. Right. Which, or just the fact that it's it's there. It's almost subconscious, right? You don't necessarily notice it. Another it movie? scream out. That did this really, really well was Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I remember when he was checking in, I think it was the first hotel, and he looks down at the Mm -hmm. carpet that had all those crazy patterns on it, and they just started to move a little bit. It's not like, you know, giant pink elephants are flying through the room. It's just the pattern on the carpet. Is that moving a little bit, or is it not? And then all of a sudden, oh, that's moving. Those little like curly cues and like uh, shapes and twirls and curls are all of a sudden like intertwining with each other and throbbing around. Now they're climbing up the side of the, you know, it's the things that are already there that you're misinterpreting. Friends told me that that was pretty accurate. I wouldn't know, but, you know, that's what they said. Let's get down to brass tacks. How much for the eight? (laughs) <laughs> they pay you to fuck that bear <laughs> <laughs> oh I got another re- I'm not even through the revisits yet we gotta go we gotta go here bro. Well, we're only we've only been recording for about an hour so I don't think it's really that big of a problem I think we should do more fear and loathing quotes oh my goodness I could do it all day long can't stop yes. here this bad country the only <laughs> The only thing that really worried me was the ether. The ether. There's nothing in the world more helpless and irresponsible and depraved <laughs> than, a, than man a man in, in the, the depths, depths of, of an ether of binge. An ether binge. <laughs> and I knew we'd get into that rotten stuff pretty soon. You know that when you approach the door, you're supposed to hand the man two dollars, or he won't let you in. But when you get there, it all goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we could take her, we could sell her. That's ah, that's ah.
That's ah. Uh, ah. Uh, that's ah. Uh. Mark Harmon is in that movie, Brad. Mark Harmon and Cameron Diaz. Fuck. Really? Toby Maguire's in that movie. Yeah, Toby Maguire is in that movie. Yes, Mark Harmon and Cameron Diaz. They're in the elevator, and then Mark Harmon comes in the first hotel room, and he's, like, watching the documentary on Vietnam or some shit. And, like, Mark Harmon's there all crazy-eyed, as if he's... In the jungle right. with him. I was going to say, when you said Mark Harmon, I kind of guessed that's who it could be. But yeah, I guess so Cameron Diaz, though, I don't really remember. But she, yes, I do remember she comes in the elevator and there was the girl in the elevator. That's Cameron Diaz, man. <laughs> Can we just midstream change this to a Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas podcast? Just from now on? Sure. I mean, I think that would be awesome. That would be perfect. I think that's right, right up in there. You know, Gary Busey, the cop had done me on all fronts. (laughs) (laughs) Give us a kiss. (laughs) Oh, fucking Lyle. Love it, Brad. Flee. There's a connection for you. Flee. Every time a bathroom uh... door opened, this man (laughs) (laughs) would wonder... People are doing inexplicable... I don't even have the quote down. People are doing inexplicable things behind that door. Lorraine Newman. Oh, Harry Dean Stanton, for fuck's sake. Ugh. Did I what? Have you read a lot of Hunter S. Thompson? I have not. Or any of it? I I read half of Fear and Loathing. Yeah. I mean, it's Only because I watched the movie. Yeah. I mean, it cracks me. I mean, I love it. Right? I love his writing. Well, one, I think it's... Somewhat poignant, but also at the same time, like his way with words, which is really what we're so amused with right now with these quotes. It's really just his his writing from that book hmm. that's insane. Like, yeah, check out the uh, the conduct the con- uh, the Kentucky Derby is decadent and depraved. That's short story. That's a short story well, by Hunter. It's a short thing. It's kind of one of his original Gonzo reporting things. He goes to the Kentucky Derby, right? Just kind of like Fair and Loathing. He's right. sent there to cover this thing and instead ends up writing this bizarre piece about stuff. <laughs> you know, describing the sweat on people's faces and how much drugs he did. Like, it, it's pretty great, though. Right. What's his name? Got a admonishment from the editor of Rolling Stone in the movie Almost Famous. We already have one Hunter Thompson. We don't need another. There was a reference there. The uh, but I think we forgot. Dense. I'll just. I will check out that story. But I think we forgot the most famous cameo in that whole movie, Fear and Loathing. Okay, now we can move on. And that would be Hunter S. Thompson. (laughs) There I was. Wait a minute. Is that me? Holy fuck. And there Hunter S. Thompson is sitting in that bar with a cigarette there. He's in that movie. Other Duke in Matrix Flashback. Uncredited. And Johnny Depp's there. Like, there I was. Holy shit. He sees himself. But it actually is him. I mean. That was bullshit, but we're back now. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll work it in. Uh, we're fucking amateurs, but yeah, I don't know. You were on the good internet, and it still didn't. I was on the good internet, Skype. I don't know. Yeah, so it was my problem, Skype's problem, your problem. I don't know. But again, I needed to just reboot 
It's an S. Flush itself. It's an SP, not a MP or a YP. Right. But it sounds amazing now. It sounds great. It's perfect. I wonder if next time we should try like FaceTime or something else. I don't. I'm kind of like not loving Skype too much. But again, it's hard to know if it's a Skype problem or if it's a mic. Because the other thing that happens is you need to like replace your cable modem every year. It seems like. Well, I definitely haven't done that in the last year. Ours. Yeah. I mean, I know what you mean, but we've had ours for probably. like two years now yeah i mean like one might be a little much but it seems like so i've lived in this house for five years and this will be the third i'm on my third cable modem what about the router um oh god i've gone through a lot of routers like 20 i'm yeah like they just don't last four per year Every well, three like, months. After my last router died, it's like getting I was an oil like, change. It was like, okay, I'm going to spend a lot of money on this, but you can't really do that. They don't even make them that expensive. Like, you, there's not even an option. So I was like, okay, like you know, you buy some cheap Walmart at like Walmart or Best Buy, and then it craps out on you. Like it just doesn't, and it's not even like there's anything wrong that you can tell. It just like doesn't work anymore. Like you're keep getting weird like oh there's no internet let me reboot the router i now have to do that every other day i hate that so much kind of stuff and yeah and the same thing with the cable modems because it's like oh i was really intermittent connection you know you call comcast spend hours on the phone trying to get through and they're like well try this and it's like yeah there's, there's, everything seems good and then after you know a couple weeks of talking to them they turn out well we'll give you a new modem you get it and bring it into working. the store <laughs> Yeah, things work again. So, I don't know. Yeah, these things just don't well, last. It it's was bizarre to me. They're, like, disposable. It's this, like, here's your cable modem. You should be good for 12 months with this one. Reminds me of DVD players back in the day. I remember we... I think we got our first DVD player, and that was at uh, Cherry Lane. I may have mentioned this in a previous uh, episode, but... We got it, and our first two DVDs were Deep Blue Sea and Galaxy Quest. But we got a a cheapie, you know, just whatever mm-hmm. we could afford. We didn't have any money. We were still in college. It's like, whatever, right? So we just got a cheapie. And it lasted, who the fuck knows, like six months, maybe less. You know, it's like, it wouldn't play, and then it just was dead. So it's like, we're going to buy a really good one. It's going to cost like... $149. Right, right. And we got, well, you know, we really went all out. And we had that one, and it lasted about six months. <laughs> had some really great features during those six months. But then it started like, and then wouldn't play DVDs. And so then we just resorted to, and this was basically the uh, the preferred route to go is just, buy the cheapest one and it was like apex buy right. the 25 dollar apex dvd player and run it into the ground right it'll Just last about one. six months right <laughs> and then you buy another one or for like 25 dollars or I'm maybe gonna buy a new dvd player every 60 days but that's 75 dollars for a six months run instead of 150 dollars for a six month run so 
you know, you just bought the cheapest one because you knew no matter what you bought, it wasn't going to last. And that still holds true. I bought a DVD player, I was going to say like a year ago, but it was actually probably six years ago. I'm like, and I did spent money on it again because I wanted it to be able to record for some godforsaken reason. There was like a specific thing I was doing where I needed to have that feature. I think it may have lasted eight months, ten months. Blu-ray player, same thing. I have like ten Blu-ray discs. I have Batman Begins, Sunshine, Scott Pilgrim. I want to be able to watch these things. Nope. Blu-ray player, dead. Same thing. I hate it. I fucking hate it. Meanwhile, our TV, which we bought in 2007, and it developed some shitty-ass pixels within about eight months... Samsung came out, sent technicians, they looked at it, said, yep, this TV's fucked. They gave us a new one, bigger, better, newer model, 2008, that was seven years ago. This TV is kicking ass, still, and I love it. It's great. Seven years off a TV? Jesus, I feel like I won the lottery. Right, even though I feel like growing up... Like we had the same TV for the entire forever entirety of your childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Like from, um, from, yeah, from like birth to like graduating high school it was the same television. And even longer than that. Cause I would like, I took some of those with me to college. Yeah. Know? Well, and now, I mean, they changed TVs cause now it's like, you're like buying a TV is like buying a computer, you have to look what are the specs, what formats does it support, what's the refresh rate, contrast rate, like, I don't know, it's just like too complicated. Just no, like, I just want a, th- a thing. Show me the images and the sound. It shows me images and, and the like, it just looks, it doesn't look shitty. I want to see my stories and I want to hear my stories and just, come on, why is this so difficult? But yeah, it's like you could have bought a TV in... 1970 and that same tv theoretically could have been cool in like 1988 or 1991 even like you could have had a tv for decades almost because i know that like we had a tv for the longest time you know it had the dial on the front you go clunk 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 you know you could go through it had channel zero through 13 Zero was always fun because you could kind of like, like put it halfway towards one and one was always nothing. I don't even know if it had zero. Maybe it started at one. One was nothing, but you could like kind of turn it halfway between and get funny patterns and shit. Mm hmm. Yeah. But it just it was there. You never had to worry about it not working. It's just if something better came out, maybe you would consider getting a new one, but it never didn't work. It worked. It's probably still working somewhere. They don't make them like they used to, Brad. Well, it's just the, yeah, it's the change in culture, right? It's our disposable society. And all of the shit ends up in like Ivory coast somewhere, all these electronics. And there's this, I don't know where I saw it, but there's a whole... No, I saw that too. Yeah, where there's an industry where people, they rummage through this, children are rummaging through it. Sometimes they can get a hard drive and salvage the information off it, get some credit card numbers, but 
or they just get the electronics and sell them. But that's the industry. That's like what they do. These mountains of like us terrible, terrible Westerners having DVD players for four months and throwing them away. And when you think about how complicated that DVD player is. Oh my is, God. Like the circuits and what goes into those and how many of those they have. And there's like a laser beam in there. There's a fucking a laser. laser beam. A freaking laser, man. Laser man. The lasers spread out. Like, especially those little pointer lasers you use in classrooms. Mm-hmm. The beam spreads out the farther it goes. Is why like lasering airplanes is so not cool because it just envelop it just like <sighs> cascades over the entire windshield of an airplane. If you're like, oh, this is gonna be <laughs> and you laser an airplane, it just that- boom. It just blinds, blinds. Them. Well, but if it spreads out, doesn't it? It gets weaker. Like that's ultimately what's the difference? The difference between like a laser and just like a light bulb. It's right. a little it's a little different than shining a light bulb. No, it's like having well, it's, having a giant spotlight shine in because if you took a right. even one of those little laser pointers and held it 6 inches from the front of your eyeball, you'd probably go blind, right? right. So just because you're what, a quarter of a mile, half a mile away, it's still intensely bright, but it's just spread out a little bit. It's 6 feet wide instead of an eighth of an inch wide. But it's still intensely bright. Right. So that's why that's so... I never really understood that, but I I read an article about why that's so dangerous and it made sense. Interesting. Yeah, I never never considered that. I kind of thought it would just be a little point and it's like, you know, they'd be like a cat when you're pointing it around on the floor and they're... Well, I mean, a point like that could be... To me, that sounds dangerous, right? That sounds dangerous, too. To get that point directly into someone's eye... Well, I don't Which mean. Granted, how the hell do you 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 do that, right? I, I wouldn't uh, mean in their eye, just like wandering around the cockpit, and they're like batting at it with their hands, but they would distract them. But apparently, it's just like having a floodlight right in front of the cockpit window. Can't see anything now, and even if it goes away, you're blinded for you have night blindness, like from looking into a fire. Especially, and you know, it happens when they're on approach, so it's right. even more dangerous. Terrible. I don't want people lasering my pilot's eyes when I'm in the plane. Right. Sounds awful. Anyway, I don't think you heard me say the most uh, epic cameo in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. What was that? Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> right. So there I was. Wait, is that me? Holy fuck. And there he is sitting there. He's in the movie. And Johnny Depp as Hunter S. Thompson looks at Hunter S. Thompson. It's like, wait, is that me? So meta. So fucking meta. It's a pretty good movie. It's a better book. You think the book is better than the movie? Wow. Jesus. It's got to be a great movie. I'm almost done with my revisits. All right. (laughs) Uh, we're, only, we're only, I don't know, two or three hours into this one. Right, so. but, you know, there's a lot here. It's our it's our titular titular minute, our namesake, our namesake minute. Yes. And this it's, could be our first four-hour-long episode. It's how to achieve a drug-induced audio moment, and it's these, um, the dialogue 
the way it kind of it slurs into the word before it's like it's predetermining the word. You're hearing the word before the characters are delivering the word. Okay. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. And I've done this in my music and I, I figured it out by myself and I was really proud of myself. You put, you were, you take the word. So you say joke, right? I'm not talking about the echo joke, 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 but the build up to that word. Joke, 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 joke. So you take the word joke. He delivers the word joke. You reverse it. Crotch or whatever it's going to be, right? Mm-hmm. You reverse it. Then you put an insane reverb on it that can just like, like reverb out for 10 seconds. Ah, okay. Then you reverse it back. So then right. instead of like it being a crescendo, it's a, instead of it being a decrescendo, it becomes a crescendo, starts at nothing and builds up. And then you get the regular joke and then you echo that. So it's like three parts. It's the um, reversed reverb that starts at nothing and crescendos up. And then it's the word and then it's the echo. I felt pretty. makes uh, a lot of sense. It does. And I felt pretty fucking awesome to discover that. Is that like what the the Missy Elliott song Work It is about? Uh, Do I know that song? It's the. uh, Can you sing it for me? You know, find out how hard I got to work you, put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Is that how she sings it? Is that what it sounds like? Something like that. It doesn't seem like you're trying real hard. I mean, worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Worth it? Let me work it. Put the thing down. Okay, I kind of know that. I mean, I recognize the lyrics. I don't think you're really doing it justice. With no, I'm your... not. I'm intentionally misjustifying it. But Missy justifying it? Some... Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's it's weird. This is, this is bad, man. It's bad shit. This is some bad stuff we bad got into. Bad fucking right. shit. I'm still waiting to get into uh, there is no a Black Steers took us on a moonless prairie night. Nothing so depraved as a man in the depths of a four-hour-long Lebowski podcast. Yes, yes. All right, I'm done with the revisits. It doesn't. That was my last thing for the revisits. Um, I just want to put this out there. I should have left it till the end, but I'm not doing any more Lindsay Lohan updates. I'm done with those. We haven't done one in a long time anyway, but I'm just, I'm done with it. All right. Done. Done. She doesn't even deserve, I just, God bless her, but I'm done with that. I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to point out that Maude won an Oscar on Sunday. Oh, yes. So, want to mention that. Shout out to our, you know, fucking lady, or our special lady, our lady friend. I'm not sure. Lady friend, right? Lady friend, yes. Lady friend, yeah. Right. So shout out to Maud. At 8001, when the dude finally succumbs to the drugs and he drops his drink, it seems like there's very little liquid, because his drink is half full, 
And I think these are the same glasses that Maud has at her flat, by the way. Can't be sure. But there's very little liquid that comes out of this. It doesn't look like, when you see the close-up of the thing falling on the floor, it doesn't look like the drink is half full. Uh, and what? And it's not the same as Maud's glass, but... Uh, I don't know. I mean, as it falls, I mean, you really have to look at the frame before it hits. Because when it hits, a huge amount of liquid is expelled with extreme force. With extreme force, like it shoots, like, like rockets out. a huge out. amount of it. Like, there are jets and jets yes. of milky, white, Russian... <laughs> and it immediately blends in with the carpet, though, when it's done. Like, it, like, and it well, because the carpet is also this high pile, like it just kind of seeps down below it all. The worst part so, is underneath the there's carpet. Really just always a few frames. Like, and you can see, like, when the glass rests, yeah, there's like hardly anything, but there is a gigantic ejection that I think <laughs> it happens so quickly you might not notice it. Like, it's before the ice or anything spews out there's this huge huge glob like a stream of globs of white russian it almost looks like what you see when astronauts are in the space shuttle and they like put liquid up into the zero gravity environment and it's like it globs up but it like stays together in one globule right like a globular Blob, globular oh, blob, yeah. globular glob, could go either way. So yeah, you could be right. I don't know. It just didn't. Upon first inspection, it didn't look like there was enough ejaculate from the class because we I mean, know it's, it's half it's hard full. to tell, right? Like you'd really have to get in there and try to. You'd have to, like, there's probably just a couple frames to really look at, to get a full look at it. Then you'd probably have to do some math to figure out exactly how much that is. But I'm just going to stick with I don't know if there's enough or not, but it, I think, it's, to me at least, it always didn't look like a lot. But when you really go and look at it and watch it again and try to pay attention, you could, there's a lot more there than it first seems. Seems like there's more ice in the close-up, too. Lots of little nuggets in there. Well, you know, nothing matches. Right. It it can never fully match. Yeah. Anyway, I don't need to dwell on that. Um, the dude says he sparrots no funny stuff. Now, this is another... Oh, crap. I didn't even catch up on no that. No funny right. stuff, Jackie. You know, he says that, but... So this isn't the second time? This is the third time that no funny stuff has been said. It is said at 2358 when the dude is in the West Wing or the East Wing or whatever. He comes there and the titular Lebowski is in seclusion. Mm -hmm. And he looks at the ransom note, says no funny stuff. So there's number one. And then also at... Uh, when the nihilists come and confront the dude while he's taking his bath at fifty-five, fifty-four, and the marmot is in the tub, you think we are kidding, making with the funny stuff? And that's Flea that says that. And then here it is again. That's three times. Three times with no funny stuff. 
Let me think about that, Brad. Right. Well, at least at this time, the dude was ex- exposed to it, so he actually is parroting it, it back. It's not one of these things where just a whole different character in a different context with no connection to whoever Nona is, like, reusing the phrase, like some of the ones we found. True. That's true. That's true. And I'm not saying that's, like, bad. I might have implied that with my, my language, but I don't mean to do that. I mean, I think it's just all awesome. No, right? I don't think it's bad at all. I think it's great. I, but it's intentional. When you're writing the script, you know that you're reusing these phrases. It's obvious. Like, well, they said no funny stuff. They're saying it again. Now he's going to say we're using the same. It's kind of like our podcast where we say the same things over and over. Except right. we do it accidentally, and they yeah. do it on purpose. Because we really only have like seven interesting things to say about anything at any given time, and, and you we know, just recycle them episode after episode. And the Coens Sometimes are... reuse them in the same episode multiple times. <laughs> the Coens are lampooning our particular brand of quote-unquote entertainment. Right. They're yeah. lampooning our buffoonery. <laughs> our dim-wittedness. Lampooning the buffoonery. That's about it. Lampoonery. <sighs> All right. I only have about 17 more items. I think we can get through this real quick. Uh, how about the dude's cheek muscle control? At uh, 80.05, we'll call it. Right where he's starting to succumb to the drugs. Well, okay. So, all right, Jackie comes up. He spills his drink, and now he's looking up at the two thugs and Jackie, and he's saying, all the dude ever wanted, if you look at his left cheek, our right, his left, the muscle control he's got there, it's it's P.S. Hoff-esque. Yeah. It's no. like throbbing and like pumping out, you know, that, damn... It's a, it's a, some good it's a it's a good thing there. You see it moving around in there, no, right? I, I do see it. Yep. Because he's starting to like lose touch with his body, starting to lose his muscle control, and it's just things are starting to fire off randomly. It's fucking great. And his eyelids are reddish. He probably rubbed because you know he'd asked the Cohen brothers before each scene, like, did the dude burn one off before he came here? If yes, then he'd rub his eyes real good to get them all red and inflamed. He don't. Yeah, I'd be. I'm surprised he did that on his own. He didn't have a professional eye rubber for that. Yeah, I think. But I know, guess you know it's the difference between working on like a Coen Brothers film and like a Michael Bay film. Right, right. Michael Bay is going to have the professional eye rubber. Right, and then they'd enhance it with CGI in post. Right, they just put little green like fuzzy balls around <laughs> right. your eyelids. You know. And you'd have to wander around in a in a green nightmare. Uh, you couldn't actually see anything. <laughs> but it wouldn't matter because everything was so well choreographed. And then you got Jacob from Lost's shit-eating grin when you cut back to Jackie and the two thugs. Look at him. He's like nodding his head. <laughs> kind of like that. Meanwhile, Wu is just like, he's locked in. He's just cold as ice. All right, so how about this? I got one for you. You're going to like this one. Ready? This is a visual visual note. Visual note now. This is at 8017. Really tied the room together, he says, as he's succumbing totally to the drugs. 
and we cut to underneath the glass oh, coffee yes. table. Yes. Boom! And he smashes into the table. Yes. You or I can tell just by the way you're saying yes, you know what I'm going to say. I think I know what you're going to say. This is played in reverse. Right. So they yes. shot this with the dude's face smushed into the table, and then he lifted himself up aggressively. Well, and they, I think they also sped it up. And probably sped it up. Because, like, there is a kind of unnatural sped up-ness oh, yeah. to it, which also just adds, I think, but I think it totally worked because it adds to the aforementioned, um, you know, discombobulation, drug-addled type of perception. Yes. The fact that it happens in this weird uh, sped-up manner. Reversed and sped-up. Right. Yes, and reversed it. I mean, it's simply because the dude, you know, Jeff Bridges couldn't just slam his face into a glass coffee table as hard as he could. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's like, hey, Jeff, would you mind uh, smashing your face down as hard as you can into this glass table? That'd be cool. Uh, no. <laughs> right. And it's a good thing Jackie Treehorn's coffee table is strong enough to hold. Because you imagine he fell through that and, like, smashed it. Well, a la, and it just kept falling. A la Lost Highway, where what's his name gets like, you know, his forehead, his skull pierced by the edge of the. Oh yeah. Oh. I want some more of those nice bone cracks to come through. Remember the documentary where he's there editing with uh, what's her name? I want some more of those nice skull cracks, just to come popping through. Maybe you He's didn't a man see with that. a vision. I what guess. more can you say? But you can also tell because when he comes slamming down onto this coffee table and we see him from underneath, his hair, there's one curl in particular off to the right side of his head, our left, goes curling up. And, you know, it would wobble or move around. But instead, as soon as his face hits, it's perfectly still. So he's just sitting right. there and then... He lifts himself up. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's part of what... Kind of makes it weird, but makes makes it it great, though, too. Yeah, it makes it... Because, again, it works. It's allowed to be weird. Right. But you're right. There is... And I, and I, you're you're totally on. And I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but you're right. It's the fact that when he goes down and hits, it's so... Still. Still. It's like he fell into, like, a still frame. But that's perfect because darkness is washing over him, you know, like it works with the story. It works with the stranger's dialogue. It works just from the drug addled nature of the scene. Is it some of that? How much of that is an accident and how much of that is just happenstance that works? I don't know. But here's a little uh, a little one that you're probably not going to like. But I'll put it out there anyway. It doesn't really matter. The shot before he smashes his face down on the coffee table. We're a close-up of the dude here. And he's just starting to lose his balance. He's about to go over. And when he starts to go over, and I'm talking like, you know, 80-15. As he starts to go down, he turns his head to his left as though the right side of his face was going to smash into the coffee table. Right, right. But when he actually hits, it's the left side of his face that hits. 
again, not that that matters, but it's just one of those things where, you know, you have to know when to break a rule and when continuity matters and when it doesn't matter at all. And this is a time when it didn't matter at all. And let me just say that the entire environment becomes very dark. The background, the inter- it was very mm-hmm. evenly lit before, but as soon as the dude's head comes smashing down, like it's very dark there. Right. Yeah. Like I mentioned, like the contrast, like it's yeah. either like you're, it's illuminated or it's like in complete blackness. Inky blackness. Black as midnight on a, what is it? You know the line. You were waiting for the line. Some kind of tuchus on a steer. Right. I was thinking, yeah, right. Yes. I got just got confused at first. I thought you were making a Twin Peaks reference. Well, because I get them confused. Right. Darker than a black steer's tuchus on a moonless prairie night. Pretty black. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Good shit. Good shit, man. Uh, I got another one here. So... I want to move into now our namesake, our our glorious namesake. Yes. So the dude slams his face down. Stranger comes in. This is the third time we've heard the stranger, I believe. We heard him once. We saw him once. Now we're hearing him again, right? His third appearance? That seems right. That seems right. Okay. Anyway, he starts narrating says, darkness washed over the dude, blah, blah, blah. There was no bottom. Well, there is a bottom because he comes out of it into the dream sequence, but whatever. As we go into this dream sequence, we see the edge of a bowling ball. Right. But it's, first, it's just kind of like this spherical shape. It's lit. It's like a crescent moon. Yeah. For the first, I mean, it reminds me of like something from like 2001 at first. It's slightly vaginal, perhaps. Ah, I don't know. Maybe about not. That one, but. Maybe not. It's a slit. I don't know. But yes, it's very 2001 esque. Like the moon, like kind of like appearing the moonrise over the earth or the sunrise, you know, you have the sphere and then the light source behind it, the illumination comes in. Right. It's kind of glorious. I will also say that. This font for the uh, title sequence of Gutter Balls yes. is what we take our own. It, it, it inspired the Gutter Balls font for our website. Really? Well, not, not the header, but um, if you go to our, what do you call it, our thumbnail... Like on right. iTunes go, or a podcast. Yeah, if you go to iTunes and check it out. Um, Which, right. re- if we had the, any kind of the album art for what we got going on, if there. we had any common sense, we would replace whatever this is with this font because the O has the cross in it. The uh, I don't know. It's very. It's what would you call it? It's almost gothic. Is it gothic? It's definitely yeah, serif. It's got little little. I mean, it bits reminds me of a yeah. Like I said before, it kind of reminds me of just like heavy metal or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there should be umlauts involved. There should Maybe. definitely be umlauts. There's a place right down the street. It's like two miles away. I pass it every day on the way to work. It's something called like 
Motiva or something. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, there's umlauts, but then there's also like, a, sometimes letters have a line over the top of them. Like just a straight line, just a horizontal line over one letter. I don't really know what that is. But you could understand it being over a vowel, but it's over the T. Yeah, that I don't know what that signifies. Who the fuck puts it over a T, Brad? That's what a is good it? question. Motiva. Motiva. Motiva? Motiva? Like, what do you do to the T? How does that make the T different? I don't it's like it. It's a long T. Motiva. Motiva. Maybe. Motiva. Oh, is Motiva. it maybe like a little TH, but not quite? Hmm. Motiva. Motiva. You're putting a little S on the end of it. Motiva? Motiva? Hmm, like plural T's. I kind of, I'm kind of feeling it. Mot, 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 motiva. Oh, see, I like motiva? that. Motiva? Motiva. 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 Maybe you put the S at the front. Mot, moti, motiva. Maybe it's more like you put your motiva. tongue. You put your tongue on the top of your, your roof of your mouth or something. So it's almost like a D, like half T and half D. Motiva. Motiva. I like that. That's probably Motiva. what it is. Motiva. That makes the most sense. Motiva. Like, don't be all sensitive about this tea. Treat this tea with respect. This tea's a man. Motiva. All right. Okay. That's what we're going to go with. It's a, uh, it's a manly tea. Don't worry, I'm almost done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it's possible, because we're just getting into the meat of it now. Well, I know. There's a reflection, Brad, in these bowling balls. This is the reflective surfaces part. So, Except they're pure CGI. Right. So they had to put it in there. And I do have to say, like, this CGI is so rudimentary. Um, okay. I guess. You think? I mean, it's not supposed to be... Yeah, I mean, maybe it was somehow intentionally supposed to be that way, because it's supposed to be like a porn. But even a porn, like, wouldn't have any CGI in it. Especially in 1991. No movies would even have CGI in it, really. Yeah, but this was 98, so we get into a tricky little area there where... Right, but this is the dude's dream. Yes, I know. So So is his dream, are these supposed to be, like, actual... I guess here's the question, right? Are we supposed to believe that these are actual photorealistic bowling balls and pins? I I never thought that. I thought it was supposed to be intentionally a little hokey, like a. I mean, know, it must be right. Half ass. The only explanation. Credit sequence from something out of like Critters, you know, the Wranglers. Right. The Wranglers. So, yeah, there is a reflection. You can see, like, Saddam's, like, I think. Oh, you see Saddam in there? Eh, maybe not. I think. I think what I see are the stairs, like the staircase going up. It almost looks like a piano, but I think that's the staircase, maybe? 
anyway, there's a lot going on in these reflections. You can see a a purple maroon bowling ball there. Right. Yeah. Which, if memory serves, I think the dude is about to, like, um, court Maud, as it were, with a purple bowling ball, which is the closest the dude ever gets to bowling. So when he's kind of behind her, like, and they're swinging the bowling ball around, I believe that's a, well, it's more like red and black. Uh, So maybe a stretch, maybe a stretch. Anyway, I'm getting way ahead of ourselves, but for being pure CGI, they really did a lot with these reflections. That's my only point. Yeah, no, very true. It's not like they're just putting, because another bowling pin comes up and they kind of cheat and dissolve that in, in the reflection. You can see it in the reflection before it comes up and there's a lot of, uh, you know, phallic testicle and phallic testicular and phallic imagery in this. The bowling pin is there as the penis, the two bowling balls on either side as the testicles. They're being pretty in your face about it. Gutter balls kind of swoops on with a little sparkliness for each letter. Um, and it's got a nice curve to it, which we also uh, give a little shout out to in our whatever cover art, whatever you called it. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. It's just uh, I never really noticed the sparkles. I mean, I think subconsciously they make a big impact. They do. They totally do. But until you mentioned, I never really paid attention to how each letter in the word gutter balls is kind of like appears as with like sparkles and it's ushered into existence with sparkles yeah so that's like are they trying to make this intentionally shitty because that's i mean that's a subtle effect right Mm -hmm. but it is yeah but it's still kind of like a cheesy video effect it's not something you would see in a film necessarily right right it's video-y is that accurate to say i think it's accurate enough i'm going always exceptions yeah i'm going to say this to you right now that's not this is right at the end of this minute that is not the dude's actual shadow as he comes around that corner in this weird, like, Brazilian 12 monkey and Terry Gilliamian scene here, where the dude's all tiny and his, ref- right. his shadow is cast on the wall. That does not match. That is someone trying to, it's, they're trying to match it up to him, but it doesn't, if you watch the dude's little dance moves as he comes up to the wall and he's, his shadow is there dancing around with him. They're not the same thing. It's not the actual dude's shadow. I think the dude's on a green screen there. It's possible. I mean, if you, you watch that. You really I mean, watch right. that. Like, there's something about the shadow that seems really unnatural. Which could be just the unnatural, exaggerated movement of the how the light plays, right? Of how things, like the shadow is of a certain size and length. And then once it hits the wall, 
that changes, right? So that that's adding some weird perception issues. It definitely is. I agree with you. So, so you're saying, but that it's like the this timing whole thing is like this is like a miniature or something. Yeah, they CGI or they special effect added in the dude, and then added in the shadow is like a yeah some sort Correct. of other effect. Correct. Three elements at least: the dude, the dude's shadow, and the environment. That is interesting. I can't. I mean, it makes some sense because this is a pretty weird situation. And what I will say is what I always liked about this shot, and this kind of ruins it, is how it starts looking like something small. Like, it does look like a little, like, like you're just looking at, like, a part of a wall close to the ground. It looks very small, like a little, like, six-inch high thing. And then the shadow, and then then the dude walks in, and then that just totally screws around with your perception. But maybe that makes it better. Well, the fact is that that it actually is six inches high. Right, yeah. It kind of ruins it in a way, because if I was thinking, you know, this is actually just a giant wall, but this the way they shot it or the way they used it. You know, you have no other frame of reference, and then the dude comes in, and oh, you finally make sense of it. But maybe it doesn't really matter. I don't think it matters. You know, it's a little mystery. Either way, it's a little mystery. Yeah. And they do play with that weird. They're still playing with that weird expectation of size here. Yes. It's pretty cool. Right. Right. And, you know, it keeps your mind engaged. Like, what is, what am I looking at? Oh, now I solved that little thing. What's going to happen next? And I think that's part of the great thing about this movie. I know we complain a lot about, and a lot of people do, about the plot not making any sense, but at least it keeps you wondering, you know? Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Which I think is great. You don't have to solve everything all the time. Right. So and it what? just gives you one little thing to chew on after another. Yes. I like so that. So it, it keeps your mind engaged somehow. From beginning to end, every time you watch it, no matter how many times you watch it. I think I've exhausted all of the things that I went through them. I think I, all of the important things. Except I'd imagine Jackie Treehorn would have been pissed about that drink spilling on his rug. But apparently he wasn't. Well, again, we have a rug being soiled. (laughs) Yes, we do, don't we? It's happening here, right? And again... It is happening again. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I just... No, I don't perfect. have original thought. You it's know perfect. this by now. We, 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 we speak a weird mixture of Lebowski's, <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson's, Twin Peaks. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but again, I'm perhaps Jackie Treehorn, right? It's so disposable to him. Well, and it is an area rug, so it's not like yeah. He like to him that he he treats that rug like you treat your Blu-ray player. It's just like all right, bring in the next one. He treats that rug like he treats women. It's an object. He treats objects like women, man. You know, yeah. I think we can wrap it up here. I mean, we do have I think three or four more episodes on this dream sequence because we could certainly talk about. Uh, this little gem of a song that they pull out here. We didn't even mention length. it. We didn't even mention it yet. Yeah, we should at least give it a shout out. Gotta I mean, give it a shout out. about it, I think, early on, like episode five or six. Did we? Seven, we talked about the whole how, oh my God, that song is Kenny Rogers. Right. 
because I I don't remember ever hearing this song. And I grew up with WZZO and then going to Penn State, there was the bus, you know, which once I saw this movie and heard this song, it was on the bus like every two hours you would hear this fucking song. It's kind of yeah. like once you get a VW or something, you see them everywhere. You see it everywhere. I guess that's what it is because I'm I'll be in the same boat. Like I never when I I never heard this song. Well, see that doesn't surprise me. You didn't listen to classic rock, really. Right. I did. That's all I listened to, and but I never remember hearing time, this song. It's like Kenny Rogers. It's some weird like bastard step child of classic rock right like some just, weird bastard steppenwolf of classic rock <laughs> exactly <laughs> this is like the i don't even know what right because i don't know music that well <laughs> this is like the uh, i don't even know it's like the screaming trees versus nirvana i don't know <laughs> i can't be sure what you mean <laughs> neither can i neither can i I think we were, you know, since we end, this minute ends, I believe, with the dude dancing around with his shadow here. I don't think we cut to Saddam. Yeah, boom, we're still in this little room. We're going to be able to discuss this because this is a man, it's like a model. It's a model. This is like paper mache and like plaster, this wall there with the shadows on it. I'll bet you. Right. Because they didn't craft a, you know, 30-foot-tall room. Well, unless they found it somewhere. Nah. Yeah, you're probably right. The more you say about it, it kind of defies logic. Yeah. But you never know, right? Sometimes the world is stranger than fiction. You still haven't seen it, have you? Stranger than fiction. Stranger than fiction. Which one is (sighs) that? That's like... Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah, no, I still haven't seen that one. He is the character in the book, whatever. It's good. Yeah, Uh, no, it looked good. I want to see it. I should see it. I should add it to my list. Oh, my goodness. Do you have any idea? So, it's going to be my 14th wedding anniversary in May. 14 years, Brad. That's a lot of years. It's a lot of years. years. But we're going on a cruise to Bermuda to celebrate. I've heard. And you know where I'm going to get to go. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. You're going to have to do a special episode right there. I think so. Right? Right from the poop Poop deck. deck. (laughs) Next time on Gutter Balls. See what condition my condition was in. 